This series is sponsored by the Old School Football Shop. Old School Football is a UK-based retro football company honouring the rich history of football past by creating high-quality embroidered vintage team crests on t-shirts, polos, hoodies and scarves. Minimalist badges from the 1800s right up to the 1990s. On the website oldschoolfootball.co.uk you can find English league and non-league, Scottish football, international teams and even rugby. And what's more, until the end of the lockdown podcast, listeners can get 10% off their whole catalogue plus free UK delivery. Just use the code HONEST10 at checkout for 10% off. You can follow them on Twitter at OSF Shop, Instagram at Old School Football Shop, TikTok at Old School Football, Facebook at Old School Football Shop, and don't forget, just use HONEST10 at the checkout for 10% off. Hello and welcome to Coaching Diaries, a series from the Honest Football Podcast. I'm Charlie Betts and I'm a part-time football coach and a PE teacher. As a teacher, I've always been fascinated by the way coaching works in different sports and the impact that that can have on me as a football coach. Over the next few weeks, we're going to meet different expert coaches from different parts of the sporting world. We're really going to drill down into their philosophies, values and techniques of their field and find out what makes them so great at their discipline and how it can improve both you and me as coaches and as people. If you like what you hear, then don't forget to like, share and subscribe and comment below on anything that you've drawn from this series that you might want to share with others. To finish our series, we've invited back a guest from a previous show, Ewan Donald. As well as being a massive Falkirk FC fan, Ewan is also a professional actor and more importantly for this series, a director. Following a successful career as a stage actor, appearing in a range of plays all over the UK and Europe, Ewan can now also be found in the role of a director. This really intrigued me to see how different the role of a coach or a manager in sport measures up against a leadership role in the outside world. Ewan is very honest and frank about his journey and it really surprised me how similar my role as a coach is with Ewan's job as a director. And in particular the importance of including others in your decision making process. If you want to keep up to date with what Ewan and his colleagues are doing you can follow them on Twitter at DundeeRep. And as always, if you want to keep up to date with our content, of which there's quite a lot of at the minute, then you can follow us at Honest Football Free. Thank you so much for watching this series, and we'll speak again soon. Introducing Coaching Diaries with Ewan Donald. And I'm delighted to say that uh, Ewan Donald has joined us now. So Ewan, you're actually one of our uh, returning guests, but it's great to have you back on. Lovely to be on again, speaking to you, Charlie. Really nice to, to chat again. Yeah, so obviously, before we, we spoke about, um, we briefly mentioned about your sort of job and what you your, that entails, but we're going to go into a lot more detail about that late in, a, in a little bit. But obviously, before we um, had you on and you spoke about your sort of love of football, uh, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, uh, I'll put that in the show notes, but if you want to give a, a really brief sort of um, background, really, on your, your, your sort of favourite football club and all of that, and just how much football means to you, I suppose, really, because you're one of the few people we in, in, interview on here in this series who actually loves football, um, if that makes sense, because a lot of them come from different backgrounds of sport. So, Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm, um, I come from Falkirk. It's kind of like in between Glasgow and Edinburgh and uh, grew up a Falkirk fan. And, uh, you know, that was kind of my sort of, yeah, it's going to be my team forever now because I don't think I'd be allowed to change teams. I wouldn't want to change teams. <laughs> Even though they're, um, they're in uh, League One. 
but we were good in the 90s and we have won a Scottish Cup before way back in 1957. But um, yeah, no, um, I just, I, I love football, um, grew up with it, tried to be a player, tried to play it, uh, was okay, you know, tried to make it, but was didn't. And then decided to do the whole acting thing instead. Mm. <laughs> no, no, I think that's amazing. And just really quickly on that football thing, uh, when we spoke before, there was a couple of things that I didn't know about Falkirk. Obviously, that Chris Waddle played for him for a little while, which I found fascinating. That was honestly, I, I took away lots from your episode, but that that just blew my <laughs> mind to be honest. Um, that he even made that joke. So I've listened to sort of few interviews with him since, and um, you know, he, he, I think he went on to play like Sunday League football for a while, but. I love the fact he went by full Kirk, really. I think that's, that was fantastic. Yeah, he only played four games for us, but he was just like, it was like pet watching Pele or something. You know, it was incredible. <laughs> and we got uh, we got some photos taken with him. And he used to come up to the local pub and oh, he was great. You know, he was yeah, proper. Yeah. I think he just because he loved playing football, you know. So we've had mm. our kind of moments with uh, some supreme talent that's come through. Uh, other players like sort of Rich Cadet and uh, Tony Parks, goalkeeper. Um, mm. And we've just clung on to them for dear life, you know. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like he played, you know, that thing when uh, is uh, East Stirling's like Fergie once um, managed there, and they, they they just use that as a tagline for everything. Now. So we just like <laughs> Chris Waddle played here, <laughs> even if he was only there for four games. You know? but, uh, but he was, yeah, it was great. So. Yeah, we've had some sort of highs and we're in a bit of a kind of, obviously there's everything going on with the SPFL, with the, you know, oh, other leagues as well. Like, mm. I mean, I think it's Paris Saint-Germain have just been awarded champions, you know. So the SPFL, yeah. we're in a bit of a um, quandary as to what to do. So Falkirk and Wraith were at the top of League One and they've given Wraith the league. Uh, but I think it still means that there's no teams going down, but uh, Dundee United have gone up, Wraith and Cove Cove Rangers. Uh, So just the league winners then, because obviously Forfar were were, were closing in, weren't they? They were quite close. Yeah. Yeah. The season went on, you never know what might happen. It's it's actually really confusing, because they've still not sort of come up with, they were talking about extending the league, putting some more teams on, but uh, I don't know what it's, it's quite baffling to read it. You think, what is actually going on here? But obviously, because there's a there's prize money at stake, so they just want to kind of shut the doors and go. Because mm. I read an interesting thing about um, forty three percent forty three forty three percent gate income uh, is is pretty much what these clubs rely on. Forty three percent of the whole income is is gate income, and they, they rely on that to keep the club. Afloat, whereas the Premier League's maybe not. Mm. Well, Premier League in the this is the Premier League in Scotland as well as the the lower tiers. Uh, but the Premier League in England is just, you know, it's going to take a hit, but it's going to bounce back because they don't really need gate money. No, um, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, they reckon. I think it's in the, the English Premier League. They said about a twelve or thirteen clubs could just operate the whole season without a single person entering on the ground because of so much is the sponsorship money and all yeah. of that that it's just. So it's yeah. a world away from clubs like Falkirk, isn't it? You know, in that sense. Well, that's the thing. Any sponsorship that we're, you know, sponsorship deals, they're looking for their money back from these clubs. Mm. And they just can't, you know. So it, it looks like the Scottish government are maybe going to have to bail out a lot of these clubs, you know, if they yeah. do. Otherwise, they could just go under. They mm. literally could go under because 
they just can't keep afloat at all. They were in a precarious position in the first place, and Falkirk's very much at the heart of that as well. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on. It's quite, yeah, it's, it's a shame. But we see clubs going down all the time. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's the thing, and that was before all of this happened. Let alone, you know, with yeah, uh, added yeah. pressure of all, all of the, you know, the current situation of all of that. But, but yeah, no, I'm sure we can, uh, we could probably do a whole episode on that to be honest, couldn't we? But uh, yeah, I but, know, I know, absolutely. No, but the reason, reason we've got you here is um, we're obviously taking part in our, our coaching diary series, which um, we've you. I, I suppose I could probably change that to leadership diaries because you know you're here from your um, your background of, of in the theatre and acting, really, Ewan. So, but I, I think we've discussed off there, there's so many similarities between that and being a coach, which you're going to explore in a bit, but um, just sort of tell us, you know, I, I know about your sort of journey and stuff, but tell us a bit about your journey into acting and that whole sort of environment really and, and sort of what it is you do now, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I sort of left school and did sort of some odd jobs and I was always sort of interested in uh, kind of pursuing some sort of uh, I was always fascinated to know how the whole kind of acting thing worked mm. um, and I, I went to college um, and it was just applying to drama school but I thought it was really easy to get into I was like I mean, just like do a speech and and then go and they let you in but it wasn't like that so they told me we go away and get life experience I didn't know really what that meant life experience right so I, I, I went <laughs> I did a bit of travelling. I thought that'll be life experience. <laughs> so I went to Australia and South Africa and a few places, and I was like, right, I come back and I did it again, and I, they let me in. I thought I must have life experience. All <laughs> <laughs> just hanging around those beaches in Australia, obviously. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The travelling slash travelling equals life experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't really know any other way into. A, a, Apparently, I just heard that you went to drama school, and so I went, and um, yeah, I had a great time, and it kind of solidified my kind of um, belief, or yeah, my my kind of direction that I wanted to be an actor. And I thought, oh, I think I can do this, you know. And then, uh, and then came out, and I've been working mostly as a freelance actor, um, all over, really. Uh, mm -hmm. Mostly in theatre. I've done the odd bit of TV and stuff like that, but theatre's been my sort of bread and butter. And that's been for the past, God, it's like 16 years now, crazily. Um, just, just really quickly jumping in, do you prefer, which one do you prefer? I know you've obviously, you probably may have done a bit more theatre, but in terms of your, I know it's a, probably a bit of a, it's probably an odd question to ask, but which one would you prefer doing, the, the theatre or the TV work? Well, I think, well, it's, it's, I'd love to do TV, more TV because it's actually far more lucrative you know yeah. <laughs> if, if, if i'm being honest you know being a bit mercenary there it is better paid you get better exposure and and you know one thing might lead to another if you're any mm. good and i think it's a different skill set as well you know it's a much i mean it's a i think it's far more pressurized because you don't get much rehearsal time like you do in the theater mm. uh, and you're you know you hit the ground running there and I think it's just a different kind of, you know, and, and they could give you things on to, to learn at the last minute. And so I, I'd love to do more TV, but it's it's kind of, I've kind of fallen into this sort of groove of doing theatre. And it, not that I wouldn't do TV, but it, it doesn't come as much as I'd like it. But I, I would love like to do more. I guess when you get offered, first and foremost, when I got offered the job, I just kind of took it instead of going, hmm, is that good for my career? I just went, I need to work, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true, actually, yeah. Earn money and, and I, you know, 
I, I guess I've become a wee bit more of a risk taker as I've got older and kind of went, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to sort of pick and choose what mm. I'd like to do actually rather than, but often you won't get the luxury at all. You'll just, you know, because it's, there's so many jobs, eh, sorry, so few jobs and so many actors. So mm. it really, it, yeah, it, so you've kind of got to take it when it's there. But uh, yeah, no, so that's my kind of, uh, theatres are sort of, yeah, my bread and butter and I kind of, I know what, I, I think I know what I'm doing with it now, you know? Yeah, no, no, it sounds, you know, in terms of that, obviously, the, through speaking to you off, off sort of air and, you know, as a friend of yours, I know that it's not just the acting that you're doing now, you sort of branched out into more of that, that leadership sort of, um, what we would call leadership, but I suppose in your profession, directing. But I imagine there's many different facets to that. Um, so is that something when you first went into, you know, you know, if you go back to when you first went into drama school, did you always have that ambition of maybe being the other side of the fence as well? Or, or was that just sort of something that you stumbled across, if that makes, you know, not to put it as mildly as that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it grew, I, I, I think it grew over the years. I think it really essentially going from an act, a lot of people do, you know, go from actor to director. And I think it's to do time more control you don't feel you've got a huge amount of control with your career because you're like stand there do that kind of thing and mm. I think a lot of the time it's born out of bad experiences like I mean I could do that like uh, not it might sound arrogant or anything but a lot of the time there's complete and utter kind of oh, disaster zones of directors you know they're just no <laughs> idea what they're doing and um and lacked you know since this podcast is about you know we're talking about uh, leadership in various realms. Just no leadership, no no skills to harness the group or the ensemble. Mm. And I think I think it, what I had underneath me, uh, you know, as I've went through the years, is a lot. I've done lots and lots of plays in lots of places with lots of different people. And I think to get confidence, you need experience and. And it's often hard to get experience as an actor because jobs are few and far between. But I've managed to do a lot of plays over the years and work with some really good people, but also work with some really bad <laughs> directors, leaders, apparently, I'll use that in quotation marks. And, <laughs> and I just got fed up after mm. a while and, and, and started going, ah. Just want to. I want to try this. You know, I want to. Yeah. I want because the. I just didn't. I wasn't enjoying being an actor anymore. I just was like, I was just getting depressed and going, oh, what is this? This is bullshit. You know. Mm. Um. So, that was my sort of aim, but it was a lot harder than I, I thought. Um. In terms of trying to go, I'm a, I'm a director now because you get people scoffing at you, going, oh really? Oh yeah. What have you done? Like you know. So you've got to get someone mm. sort of. You've got to get a bit of help and get a foot in the door. I mean, if you don't mind me sort of asking, how does that pathway work? Because obviously, I mean, you know, in terms of football, you'd maybe be a player, possibly then go into coaching, maybe an assistant manager, and then eventually a manager or something. You know, that, that, that's a familiar pathway. Is, it, is there something similar in terms of your in industry, or do you literally go from acting to directing, or is there like a bit more of an assistant role? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of getting that in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that's a really good question. I think it depends on the contacts you have, how determined mm. you have. Uh, there is an absolutely assistant role, but that's not clear what that is. That gets defined by the director usually. Right. And often, oftentimes you're just sitting there doing nothing or they'll give you tasks like scheduling or 
uh, oh, they might give you, it just depends, they might give you a lot of stuff to do, they might get you to work mm. with actors, but a lot of the time you're just sitting there observing. I've done that, um, and that can be just as useful, just shutting up and sitting there and just watching. Oftentimes, you know, watching good bits, but also thinking, how would I do this, you know? Mm. Uh, definitely wouldn't do that. So often just shutting up and listening. Um, so getting an ex getting experience in that assistant role, I think can be quite arduous and quite boring, to be honest, because you just want to get stuck in. But often mm. you could just sit there and pick up some good tips. So I, I think it's the, the road to a director. I think you can, it's trying to establish, establish yourself as that, um, if you know, and can go, this is my path now, this is what I'm going to do. And about people just willing to take that risk with mm -hmm. you as well, uh, which is that's that's the hard bit, you know, trying to kind of sell your idea or sell the fact that you're a good director, you know, because yeah, at the end of the day, there's just you, everybody's kind of winging it a little bit, you know, and you can, <laughs> you know, and there's but and there's total, but there's bullshitters, and then there's people with a bit more integrity, you know. Mm. I think you've touched on some, you know, we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail on some of them later on, but I think you touched on some amazing points that are so similar to being involved in sport, whether it's, you know, in my background in football or speaking to other coaches, you know, that just the whole thing about when to listen, when to talk, you know, that observing and all mm -hmm. of that. But we'll go into a little bit more detail on that in a, a second. Just a couple of tiny quickfire questions. Um, have you ever acted and directed the same play or production before? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, this is... This is the one because I had um, I think about this. That for me is, I, th there's two things there for me that I, I don't really I don't know how I don't know how that how that could work for an actor director because you can't see what you're doing if you're inside it. Do you know what I mean? You can't yeah. see an outside eye. And I think I've seen it done lots of times. Uh, there's a few reasons it usually saves money. Cause, I suppose, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Or it's a vanity project, and they went, I can, I'd be good at this part, so I'm directing it and I'm doing it, you know. <laughs> uh, but you can't, you can't be objective and you can't see the full picture. So I think it's, I don't like it, to be honest, because it, and the same, I see some people doing it, and you know, some people are really good at it, and you think, well, but I think that's few and far between. And I really, my, sorry, what was I going to say? Um, one of the things that, uh, I was asked when I was asked to direct the show uh, and they asked me if I wanted to be in it as well. And I just automatically said no. And they went, right, because we kind of really need to win. No, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I just, I, mm. I, I wouldn't see any enjoyment in it, you know? No. But I know a lot of people do it for financial reasons and because there's not a lot of money in the theatre. So I can understand that. But I, it's not, it wouldn't be my, you're, you're kind of directing from the inside, you know? Yeah, because um, if I'm honest with you, just really quickly before you, you sort of carry on, I just, I, I think the financial thing is almost saying, maybe not so much nowadays, but I don't know if you remember in the 90s, particularly in football, there seemed to be yeah. this spate of player managers that yeah. just appeared really. And, you know, I, I've always sort of, I've always wanted to speak to someone who's involved in, you know, managing and playing at the same time. But, I'm, you know, from what you just said, maybe that's why there's not any more of it now. But because I think what you're just saying is almost, it's identical, isn't it, of, of being in, in the middle of something, but then also, you know, being able to objectively look at it, it must be so tough, you know, to do that. And that same yeah. play, playing as well, I suppose. I just always, the first person that spring, um, springs to mind is Graeme Souness for Rangers when he went to Rangers. And I was yes. 
how is he able to do that? Obviously, mm. he had like Walter Smith at the helm, you know. But I just that's I think that says a lot for him because he's a bit of a control freak anyway, you know. So yeah. Uh, I just think you've got to be for that in that situation. You'd have to make sure your performance, whether it's in football or in you know your industry, has to be spot on every single time, whether it's a rehearsal or a training yeah. or a game. I, I just I don't think you can afford to have an off day because that's, if you do, I suppose you're just leaving yourself there to be shot at, then aren't you? You know, not, yeah. you know, metaphorically, you know. So I think it's and maybe well, lose the trust of your colleagues, aren't you? I suppose. Yeah, it didn't work well for him, Graham. Since he got sent off in his first game as player manager, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but no, I do think the financial things, though. If you look, maybe in the nineties, particularly, a lot, of, a lot of the player managers were in the lower leagues and you know lower down the pyramid. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I suppose it's hard to balance that. It's up, a necessity, isn't it? yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, no. Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry, but you. I, no, it's I, all right. It's totally fine. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no. I think it's a fascinating. There's a whole. I think you could do a whole um, a whole sort of t- chat on that, couldn't you? That whole thing of you know being actively involved in something and then also trying to orchestrate it. It's just. You know, yeah. such a tough thing, but, but very yeah. difficult. Uh, what we'll do, you is we'll move on to the the sort of the, the reason you're actually here, which is talk about more of the sort of coaching and leadership um, sort of stuff from your your line of work, really. So we sort of touched on it a little bit about why you wanted to go into this directing sort of um, world of directing and the whole leadership that comes with that. But just the, the thing I wanted to talk to you personally about, sort of to kick it off with, really, was how did your mindset change? Because I, I can only relate it to football, but. I suppose as a player, you only really have to think about where you need to be at a certain time, whether that's on the pitch or off of it, or, you know, you only really have to think about yourself. Although you're part of a team, I suppose your priority is that. But then when you go the other side of the fence and become a, a director or a manager or a coach, mm-hmm. I suppose you have to worry then about, you know, 25, 30, depending on how many times you play, you know, a lot more than that, you know. So how does your mindset change in that sense? That's a really good question. Um, I think... I think it... Um, it really depends on what, what, whatever I brought to the rehearsal room as an actor. I kind of had a kind of, you know, a, a basic understanding of, you know, turn up in time, know your lines, uh, mm. you know, be, you know, you know, just be a good kind of member of the company. Make mm. sure you, you know, treat people well and stuff like that. So, and, and make sure that kind of translates to when you're, a, when the director, cause I think the director sets the bar straight away. Mm. Um, you know, things like yeah, keep, whenever you're having a breaks, like tea breaks, tea breaks are a massive thing for actors and they're always kind of there like, oh, really? because yeah, because we've got like a union, they've had to fight for like, tea breaks and things like that. So there are tea breaks in. So you do not ever deprive actors of tea breaks or they'll have your head. Um, but the in terms of sort of values that I yeah, the basics being the, the, the fundamentals like um punctuality, hard work mm. and keep the focus in the room, uh make sure they learn their lines. No, I think also know when to call it a day, really, because yeah. you, could do a ten, you could do a 10 till 6 rehearsal, um, rehearsal, and by 4 o'clock, everyone's just like, you can see them, the shutters have come down, and they're like, yeah. Mm. And I learned to read the room, I think, and think like, wh- like okay, i tell you what, here's a compromise. Why don't we do the next scene, and then let's just go home. And they'll love you for that. You know, they yeah. totally love you for that. I think it's... You know, but also, I think it's trying to to 
really read the characters in the room and about where their strengths are where or where they kind of seem less sure keep an eye on the quieter ones because mm. everyone's got a different way of working uh you know and, and and you can't just shout across to everyone i think a lot of people need a kind of more one-to-one approach mm. like, like definitely you know that's all definite in, in coaching i remember you speaking about that um and enable the actors to input you know and i think one of the big questions i always ask was how does that you know if you try something how does it feel because yeah. they love talking about how everything feels because they're up on their feet and they're moving and it's kinesthetic and uh how does it feel and keep keep open questions and but at the same time trust you know you can get swamped by actors mm. with their own ideas and you've got to just instead of like brick walling them stonewalling them you can just go let's try it and if it doesn't work you go okay well and but i think at the end of the day i've got to make the decisions yeah however unpopular they might seem uh i've got a sort of if you like a vision mm. uh, but as long as the actors feel enabled to make you know take risks and make their own choices and then we kind of we i try and facilitate that and harness their skills especially with young actors it's kind of mm. like do you know because there's a huge amount of like technical proficiency and and being in the theater you know you've got to be heard you've got to there's rhythm to the text you know you've got to, there's so many elements to it yeah so i i, I guess it's trying to keep it kind of lead by to be honest lead by example if i mm. turned up late if I turned up late, then what's that say about me? Do yeah. You know? So I'm That's always there, first in, last out, know the text, uh, and and just and and keep it keep it light as well, you mm. know, and and keep it fun, and because you think, you know, God, a lot of the actors you'll see will be like leaving this room, finishing the job, and then they won't have another job. So it's like make it yeah. a good experience for them. That's true, actually. Yeah, I, I mean, you've touched on some amazing points there. We'll, we'll go into sort of all of them a bit more. Um, but just, I'm, I'm throwing a question at you here, sorry, that I, I hadn't sort of prearranged with you, but it, one thing that's always fascinated me when I've spoken to people from different sports, you know, as well, is, is that first day, and particularly in a leadership position, sort of what's going through your mind when, you know, so you've been booked to, to direct this particular production, that very first day when you, I don't know whether you have a, I don't know how it works, whether you have a team meeting first or whatever, but, you know, what's mm-hmm. going through your mind personally as you sort of, do you, do you have to be so... Um, mentally resilient that no matter what you think you have to back yourself basically or are you very nervous very sort of tim- not timid but do you know what I'm getting at sort of what is that mindset yes. on that very first day sorry I didn't really I think, um, pre-warn you that no one. <laughs> that's fine um I think a mixture of of both Charlie to be honest uh there, there's trepidation there's nerves there's you know are they going to buy into not buy into it but are they going to kind of you know I hope they kind of trust me uh, along the same lines as as uh, you would in the first day reading of a, a as an actor as well, you know. But mm. but the great thing is you get just to hear everyone, and and I think the main thing for me was tell them tell them what you not what you expect from them, but tell them what you want to do with the play and what you think and why you're doing the play and why you think it's a good idea to do this play and what it's about and what you hope to achieve. I think if you can give them a, a and this is day one, set your mm. stall at day one for your plan. And that plan might change a little bit. Get them excited about yeah. doing the job. Um, 
and coming up, not like, all oh, right, look, this is a shit play, and you know, probably have a thing, you know. You know? <laughs> so, I, I think you know, even if deep down you're like a duck and you're paddling underneath frantically, like on top, you're like, got to stay, yeah. try and stay calm and feel like you're in control and, and say, oh, today, you know, so for this week, and actors also love to know how what their schedule is eh? they don't mm. want some kind of like open-end schedule where they think oh we're working i'll say look we're not working these first two weekends because they've got lives and they've got they're married and they've got kids and mm. i think give them a schedule give them what's going to be and uh, i know from experiences and actor, you love that because you think oh i can make a plan you know because and then i can learn my lines on this night and i can do that like if you've not got a plan automatically i think the actors feel like does this person know what they're doing? Mm. I think even if you give that impression, you know what you're doing, you know, you say, look, and the big thing that I have to touch on is usually you've got a stage manager next to you, which would be in football, obviously assistant manager. And mm. stage managers are, are absolute gold dust because you can, they can help you with the scheduling. They can help you with problems, you know, because uh, really you've not got a lot of time you're usually up against the clock you know say you get three weeks that's not a lot of time to rehearse a play mm. it might seem like a lot of time but you've got to to get it to where you want and if there's music in it if there's dancing you've got to get someone in to choreograph it and mm. uh, there's lots of elements uh, and you've got to keep on budget you've got that and you've got all these people knocking on your door going uh, what about this what and everyone wants to ask you questions so it's it's, it's trying to stay calm and have some kind of plan Mm. in place yeah i think that's it i think you've touched on a brilliant point there because i think even in in sport it's, it's quite obvious to a, a a performer or a player or whatever if you haven't got a plan i think you can try and blag it but i think it's obvious to them and the yeah. moment that crack appears then it's i think it's very difficult to if you, if you just go in and look like you're winging it you know which does happen occasionally but if you, it seems to be quite a frequent thing doesn't it then it becomes a bit more you know that's i think when the the crack starts to appear like you were saying earlier maybe about some of the people you worked with who weren't particularly the greatest to work with. I found yeah. from my sort of time in sport that quite often it was those people who just sort of, it was all ha ad hoc, a bit hashed together sort of thing really, wasn't it? And that's what you're saying, not having that plan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you can, you can smell that, see it yeah. a mile away and, and, you know, you just go, and then I, in the past, I would just automatically try and take over, you <laughs> know, good or bad, because like, at the end of the day, like you're the one, the actors are the one getting on stage and doing yeah. it. The directors in the background, you know, kind I of. I suppose as the actor, your your reputation's probably on the line, isn't it? It depends on how this sort of goes in some ways. The way, way sorry, yeah. not your reputation, your next job, I suppose, could potentially be on the line. You know, so I suppose it's in your interest, isn't it? So. Yes, absolutely, and and uh, so I, I think, and to be honest with you, I think it's that um, get get feedback on on. You know, you can ask them at the end of the day, you know, how, how's any thoughts, concerns, worries? How does mm -hmm. everyone feel? Do you know, nine times out of ten, they go, do you know what? You you know, you know guaranteed they'll go away in a corner, a few of them, and go, do you know what? Ah, I'm not. And it feels sometimes like it's a mutiny or something, and you think, what are they talking about? Because I've been on that side, you know? Mm. Uh, and often it's not. It's them just worried about a scene or something. So I think it's good to be open and not to be precious about things and, and kind of go, because... You don't want a lot of unhappy people in the room going like we don't want to tell them this is shit, but it is so. Yeah. Um, so I think it's instead of them coming to you like some sort of intervention, it, 
like allow them to open up by mm. asking the question, you know, how does it feel? How does everyone feel? Yeah. And if anyone's got any problems, then then you sort it there. And I always ask about be specific mm. instead of sort of, oh yeah, we're just really unhappy. It's like, what about though? What what is specifically is the problem? Mm. And then think, and then you get to the and then you get to the kind of root of it. Yeah. I think that's a fascinating insight actually. I hadn't sort of thought of it that way the I suppose in a, a lot of the onus then on the questioning comes from you, doesn't it, really? Because um, yes, depending on what their sort of personality is like, uh, you know, some people maybe are just sort of, like you say, it's just ha- happy or sad, isn't it, in that sense? And you need, you need a bit more than that. I think, you know, um, that getting that buy-in, for, and I suppose actually they feel like they're contributing then, don't they? And maybe that keeps them on side if maybe as a performer yeah. or a player, you feel like you've had a sort of part to play in the development of, you know the the performance or or the result or whatever it is. You know, I th- I think that's absolutely essential, Charlie, because it's they've got to own the show. They've got to believe mm. that it's theirs, and they've got to get up there and be confident with it and go. I believe in this, and I believe what mm. we're doing. And you've got to make sure, well, as a director, uh, feed that 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 it feels like it's all coming from mm. them. They're not some uh, dictator going and go stand there, shut up and do it. Yeah. That just doesn't work, you know. And and I think, and, and go out there and have some fun with it, you know, but let's yeah. do the hard work now. The, the hard work is the rehearsal and then the performance is more like the relaxation. I mean that in mm. a way, it's just, it should feel like you've done the hard work and you're just putting it in place now. And I think, and it should feel like to the audience that it's like, you know, that it's effortless in a way mm. it's like wow you know but it's not but there's been loads of hard work put into place but it should feel like going wow that was yeah. that was brilliant you, you got to make it and it's a you got to make it a good experience for them they're paying like good money to come and see something and that's always in the front of my mind the audience and giving them a good experience because it, it mm. can't you know it's got to be it's got to be for them that's always got to be your your target mm. That's a really good point. So I think actually reflecting on it now, I think it is quite obvious to a, an audience member or, or a fan if someone's doing their job but not necessarily enjoying it, and whether that be through football or you know, mm. that someone could learn the lines and deliver them. But you know, it, you can probably tell even as a, a layman like myself, you could probably tell if someone was enjoying what they were doing or not. And I suppose it's the same with football. You can see some people who sort of make those runs or. or you know, do whatever, yeah. but it's not really, you don't, you can tell they're not really bought into it, can't you, almost, in that sense? Yeah, you see, you know, you see players and they're kind of like, why is he jogging? Why is yeah. he jogging around the patch? He should be sprinting to close people down, you know, that's, mm. it's the same with a lot of, you know, you see actors and you think, what, come on, put, like, you need to step up here and just, mm. you know, and, and then you need to find out why they're doing that and, you know, because mm. people have got their own things going on in life and, but, but then, the, being a director as well, you become something else as well. You could become yeah. a confidant, you become like a, a shoulder to cry on or whatever, and mm. it's dealing with all that stuff as well, because you're dealing with human beings at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's quite easy to forget that. And, and like you say, that sort of dictatorship, it almost feels like something that, and this is no disparaging comments to anyone from that era, but it's something that you probably would have expected maybe 30 40 50 years ago you know in sport yeah. and maybe even you know in acting you know it was a lot more acceptable in in football for example to have a coach in the 60s or 70s who just shouted you know bark yeah. ballers made everyone feel like crap and you did i suppose you did everything out of fear rather than wanting to do it and enjoy it and i think that 
maybe society's changed that. I don't know, but I, I imagine I imagine it's sort of maybe even similar to a point in your industry that maybe people in the olden days, inverted commas, did stuff more out of fear than what they did actually almost enjoying it. I don't know. Those sort of um, yeah. you hear the stories of those really sort of dra uh, draconian directors, don't you, and things like that. So oh, absolutely, and. Um you know, who would say things like, you know, the best bit about being an actor is the drink after the show, you know, it's like, oh, this, but, you know, like the old school kind of, and like throwing chairs at you and things like that. And like yeah. drinking and smoking in the rehearsal room and stuff. And, you know, I, I saw that as well. And, you know, I, I think people can look back on that with kind of fondness, but mm. a lot of the time you didn't, you just didn't get anything done, you know? And no. I think there was a lot of talented people amongst it, but, I always thought, like, if it was like this when they were drinking and messing around, what would it have been like if there was none mm. of that going on? It would have been amazing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's just, you know, it's of its time. And uh, mm. I, I kind of glad it's going to moved on. And, yeah. you know, there's still, I think there's, there's still a, a big boozy culture and stuff. But mm. it's, uh, and, and there's, you know, it's, but it's more of a safer space, I think, now for actors yeah. to come in because there's not as much because there is that you know, a lot of bullying went on, a lot of kind of you know people throwing things, slamming doors, and all that, and mm. and thankfully that that is, doesn't go on as much. I'm sure it still goes on in some places, but um, yeah, it's it's less so. It's a lot more frowned upon, isn't it? But um, yeah. just going to sort of move on a little bit, you. And so I think we've sort of spoken about your values and, and maybe even, I think we've sort of almost gone on a bit of a journey, haven't we? Of maybe what it was like when you started to, to now. But the sort of, uh, the thing I wanted to get into is a bit more of the technical side of it, particularly from a coaching perspective. So I think this is fascinating because, you know, in football coaching, for example, I try and make certain elements of the session rehearsed. So then those, you know, like set pieces, for example, when you come to a game, you sort of learn everyone uh -huh. knows where they're, they're sort of going in that, in, in that regard. Obviously, in your industry, you can't afford... Well, I suppose there are things like ad-libbing and things like that, isn't there? But in reason, I suppose, it's a bit more structured um, than playing a football match. But what yeah. I sort of wanted to talk to you about was how do you, as a, as a, a director, know... Um, I mean, I say rehearsal. I, I suppose I'm treating rehearsal the same as a coaching session and mm -hmm. maybe the match as, as the performance. But how do you know when you've had a good sort of session, when you've had a good rehearsal, what sort of... What are you getting back from the the sort of uh, the players, not players, sorry, from the uh, the performers and that? You know, what, what? How do you know you sort of had a good session with them? I suppose is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think if you if you have done that thing, you know, as I mentioned on day one, where you can, this is what I'm going to do. I think I, I end up uh, using that as a thing that we do every day. Tell them exactly what we're going to achieve today. And give them an incentive. <laughs> Usually, give them incentive of yeah. if we do that, we can go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I suppose that is a genuine sort of. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I think it's especially if it's a, a nice sunny day and you're like going, oh god, we have to be in here, you know, and um, mm. you know, even though they're probably not, you know, they won't say that out loud, but they're thinking it. But I think, say, look, today I want to get through this, this, and this, and it, it could mean that it's like, oh god, that's that's quite a lot, but. I think for me that a, a good day is is solving problems and yeah. tackling, you know, fixing bits that weren't, because you can That's easily put them in the back burner to the last minute and go, do you know what? Or, or dealing with some tension between between actors or yeah. I, I, I was mad for just writing lots of lists 
of things I needed to do tomorrow, even though deep down, if I was actually quite scared, because there's a lot of big personalities in the room, mm. things can pop up during the day, because it isn't just the actors in the room that will, can, um, you know, can upturn your schedule. It can be yeah. like the designer, the lighting designer, people mm. that are sick, you know, people. Yeah. So have a schedule, but be prepared to kind of work out with that as well. But yeah. I think the the thing that always that I was always slightly anxious about was not having enough time. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, um, not putting that problem onto the actors, thinking, oh, how can we, you know, mm. how can we make up some time? But not, but as as I said before, uh, when it comes, if they're all flagging at four o'clock, and it's counterproductive. If yeah, you know, there's no point in absolutely stretching them until no. breaking point. You know, there's no point in that because it's just completely counterproductive. So. Yeah, I guess, again, just asking them at the end of the day if you've, you know, mm. everyone's okay and, and keeping things nice and tight and swift and not allowing too much because not allowing a lot of, there's a, an awful lot of chit-chat can go on with actors dissecting things and philosophizing right. over things. And I think I've always tried to just get up on its feet and just do it and let's just, you know, you want to solve some mm. problems, but do it on its feet, not sit around the table for too long because... yeah. You just get more and more anxious. So a, a good day for me would be getting through the text, getting through the piece and getting up on its feet and getting a shape for it and getting mm. getting somewhere where you feel like I can see how this is uh, how this is coming along, really. Yeah, no, I think you, you've spoke about something really, really important, actually, because I know I mentioned at the beginning about the, the fact that maybe football is obviously less scripted, excuse the pun, than, you know, working <laughs> in the theatre. But yeah, actually, the similarities there, like you're saying that, it's okay to have problems. And I think maybe, I don't know what you felt like when you in the early stages of, of your career, you know, um, whether it be as an actor or directing, but, and I know for me as a, the early stages of coaching, actually problems are, are felt like, oh no, this means the whole thing's going to be derailed. And you almost take <laughs> a lot of that on yourself, don't you? And, and actually players and, and actors like problems to solve. It's, you know, some of them thrive in that situation, don't they? And I think it's only sort of something that I'm really trying to develop myself is actually to be okay that maybe some things aren't quite, running as smoothly i mean i know i agree with what you're saying about having a tight schedule and having that plan to work for mm -hmm. but if there are problems it's not the end of the world and actually some people develop and grow I, I feel like some sessions that i've come away from as a coach that i thought were horrendous maybe the fruits mm -hmm. of that on the saturday when they play with the progress they made was much more than maybe what it was something sometimes than those sort of slicker you know gleamy looking sort of sessions and i don't know if that's i think that's what, yeah. from what you're saying it's okay to have problems isn't it really I think so, and I think you just made me think of something there, Charlie, which is really important that, uh, like you said, if it's not just because I I haven't, if it does, if I have a plan and it gets slightly derailed by something or other, usually if, if it is something, it's a better idea than the one that I had. So yeah. don't be precious about your own ideas. If something mm. better comes up, don't. Don't hold on to it, you know, like, and it will yeah. usually be act, uh, like the actors that come, you know, like you were saying about someone that a lot of them that thrive on the problem solving. And yeah, like a director, even, I think it's to facilitate the actors, really, you know, and if, and, and also have a, you know, have an overall vision. But a lot of the time you can put your, if you have got some problems, put it out to them and see if mm. they can solve it as a group, you know. Yeah, uh, nine times out of ten that you'll get something back that's just brilliant, mm. uh, you know. And 
that's what I don't be precious. Don't have yeah. an ego about it. Don't try and kind of solve every problem. And you know, I think that was a real learning curve for me because mm. I thought I had to have all the answers, and you don't. Yeah. Because um, I think they will own it even more if it's come from them. You know, because mm. they're like, oh, that, yeah, yeah, and just put it out to the group. Put it out to yeah. the group. You know. But it's a fine line because you don't want them to take over. No, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you're making yourself vulnerable a bit, aren't you, by doing that, I suppose. You are, you are maybe, and not just in terms of your job, but even emotionally a little bit. You, like you say, you're almost handing over that I don't know everything. And there's a, I suppose there's, there is a vulnerability to that, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's the way, and the way you do it, I think, as well. Mm. Um, I think, I, this is quite hard to explain, but if someone says, uh, you know, you tried something, what do you, what do you think you... And, you're like, let's try something else. Let's not just like I don't know. I don't need mm. that. I don't know is like, in in the kind of theatre rehearsal room, it's kind of, it's kind of okay to say it. But if you say it in a sort of defeated, like I don't care, I don't oh god, I'm, yeah, you know, it's okay to go. I tell you what, why don't we leave that for five minutes, ten minutes, and come back to it? Mm. You know, it's it's about not. It's about trying to solve it together, mm. but not allowing your kind of your role to be undermined. So yeah. you just start taking over. You know, I, I think it's about being present because often the time you'll sit behind a, you know, I'm not a fan of like sitting behind a desk when I do it. I just like to just stand up and be like, mm. moving about. Like, <laughs> like some, it made me laugh because uh, I was actually when I was, was doing the last show. Um, I was, it was a, a, a guy that I went to college with, I got him in, uh, a good friend of mine, I thought he'd be perfect in the part, and I got him in, and uh, I just, it was having one of those afternoons, it was, my, my head was a bit fried, and I was just, I couldn't, I just wanted him to kind of move further down the stage, and I, instead of just going, just move down stage, Ross, like, I just kept pointing to him, like, like some, <laughs> uh, some irate football manager, like, pointing, and then um, I just went over and moved him, literally moved him. I just moved him myself. I just, <laughs> and he, I thought he was going to headbutt me. You know? <laughs> it's hard, and he was though, like, isn't what, it? What are you doing? It just goes, just, just move to there. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard, though, uh, I think, when you're in that position, isn't it? Not to lose your rag almost, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I, think, I think it is. It's about constantly checking in with yourself and yeah. going, oh, God, I just need like air, you know? Yeah. I think I'm. Uh, You've made an amazing point there about the whole being precious thing. That's something I hadn't really hadn't considered that before in that way that, you know, like, um, I, I love that. And that's definitely something I'll take forward from this is, is that, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be your way, does it, I suppose, that, that preciousness about that. And like you say, but then there's other times, like you say, you get to the other end of the spectrum where you just need to physically pick up and move someone. And <laughs> it's yes, it's that balance, isn't it? It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. I, I, and it's also, it depends on the person you're doing that with. Like if yes. I'd done it to one of the, some of the older actors, you know, it would, it's have, it's being brave, but not being stupid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, think, I think that, do you know what? If there was ever a tagline for this series, I think it's that, to be honest. <laughs> I, love, I love that. I, think I know. I, I feel like I, I desperate. I, I would be away having a cut. And do you know? I, I think the other thing actually was I tried to give them their space and not be mm. there. But I, I would have my break separate from them. I would. Uh, I wouldn't socialise because 
I want them to kind of, you know, if they want to go to the pub and talk about it, I don't want to be there because they need that outlet. I think yes. they need to do that. Yeah. They need to go, and I'm all going, oh, what do you think today? It was great, guys. You know, like in the pub, out of that context of a, mm. a rehearsal, a working space, I don't want that to happen. I want it to no. be work, and that's it. And often that can spill over, and I just really... I set that out as one of my sort of my own guidelines, to be honest. Mm. I was going to keep myself apart from it. No, I completely get that. No, I think because it's hard being the other side of the fence, isn't it? You know, and, and yeah, you need to keep that respect of them, like you're saying. If you're, and also, mm -hmm. I suppose it maybe feels to them. I felt as a player, if the manager sort of came out a bit like Big Brother, sort of watching you as well, isn't it? In that sense, um, yeah, and you can't yeah. let your hair down, I suppose. But yeah, yeah no, I'm trying to move on. You, I know you, you, you've sort of touched on it a bit, but I'm. I'm basically trying to put together a little book. From, this is literally for my own sort of development because out of all the things in coaching, the, the book I struggle with the most is negativity. I just can't cope with it. I can't be around it when I'm coaching or, or you know, that kind of thing. So I'm trying to pull sort of strategies from everyone that I've spoken to. I know you've mm -hmm. sort of touched it in different ways, but if you were to sort of maybe um, summarise it, how, how do you sort of handle, and it could have been when you were acting even as a, a sort of mm -hmm. colleague of yours, but how do you cope with someone maybe reacting negativity, negatively, sorry, to your sort of direction or your leadership and um, what sort of strategies do you use for that really because I, I need as many as I can get if I want yeah. <laughs> well I think I touched on it before about I, I always try and be really specific about what the problem is mm. uh, because I worked with a writer uh, and I worked with a writer and we we were sort of friends yeah we were friends um, <laughs> <same distance. laughs> but we clashed so much and we had full-on arguments in the rehearsal room in front of the other actors and I knew, I was like, I just couldn't keep a hold of my, I just couldn't control what I was feeling. I, I let loose, I was kind of like, I called him out. Uh, everything that you don't want to do, really. Mm. Um, and we had to sit down and kind of talk it through. I was like, this isn't, this isn't good. It's not good for us. It's not good for anyone else. It's like, I think we need to just, try and give each other a wee bit more respect here you know you need to t I think we need to have a wee chat in the morning about what because you know it, it, it's it's different for each kind of piece you know what what your relationship is with the writer if the writer's long gone like someone like Shakespeare then that's fine because you've only got you know the text that's it but if it's a new piece of writing and you're he's in the room or she's in the room and I think you know they 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 have an they have an idea about what they want as a writer and what they envisaged and I didn't deal with that very well at all to begin with mm. because it was it became quite confrontational and I just had to I came home and sort of had to think about it and think about how am I going to deal with this and so I started sort of trying to pinpoint exactly what it was instead of jumping and being really defensive which was my first sort of thought and feeling I just was like what, what what's the what's the problem what specifically is it trying to get down to the actual detail about why why the um well why there was an issue um and as well to if it works through one-on-one, -on -one, not to embarrass them and say yeah. something petty or to get personal. I was getting personal with them. And once we brought that into it, then the, the game was over kind of thing. It was just, it wasn't, you know, and I tried to offer alternatives uh, if I didn't necessarily agree, okay. And usually the bottom line would always, if we had time, I would always try it, always try something, you know, 
if someone was unhappy about something, and it, it could be, I'm, I'm speaking specifically for something within a show. Yeah. It could be the fact that there are, uh, it could be a number of things, but if it was, it could be like, oh, I don't like this part, I love this, and, you know, uh, I don't like the way you're doing it, you know, you could, you can get some troublemakers in there, you know, and so it's identifying if it's a genuine problem or if it's just attention seeking. Yeah. Uh, so usually you can iron that out and focus on that just by having a one-to-one with them. And so, mm. because then, the, you know, sometimes they're just at it, you know, and you think, are you, are you just, are you just doing this to wind me up? Yeah. So it's try, try not to fly off the handle, keep calm. And to be honest, talk to your stage manager, talk to the stage management. Oh, you know, they'll, you know, intense moments, you can just call a tea break. Mm. Um, and check in with people all the time because you don't know, you know, yeah, I think you, you just don't know what what they're going through as well. And uh, yeah. so in terms of negativity, I, I think it's just trying to listen to people and what they're yeah. saying. And, and if they don't want to talk about it, find a quieter time, mm. you know, find a new space to speak to them in and, and ask what, what's going on because... And I had that. I had a, a girl in um, my production that uh, her dad was ill, and I, I was really kind of I was pushing her in a way in, in a workplace. I was kind of in a way I wanted to get somewhere with this, bit and she just kind of she just broke down, and I was like, mm. "Oh my god, I've done this!" And we just went off to the other room. We sat for twenty minutes. We just had a chat, and then was supposed to work the weekend and I decided I was like just go home see your dad that's more important yeah you know just be just be it's human beings are not machines you know what I mean and um, yeah and it, even if you've lost some time there because you've sent her home you can make it back up you can just make it up because it's actually pays dividends in the end and in the, in the long yeah. run because she's actually going oh that's good I feel better for that you know and you've got mm. someone who's going to come back to work a little bit more at ease with herself. Yeah, I suppose you need to, the, the the relationship you have with them has to be paramount, doesn't it? You know, the performers, you know, and I think it's, yeah. it's, it's hard, I think, especially if, if they challenge you publicly, like you said, I think what you said is fantastic, particularly the, maybe pulling to one side and that, that sort of one-to-one experience. But yeah. sometimes if you're challenged publicly, it's very hard to not get into that tip for tat. And that's something oh. I feel foul of, you know, like, to not then yeah. try and retort back in, uh, in in that public environment, but yeah, I, I just fall into like uh, a sort of Falkirk gadget, you know. From uh, <laughs> I'm like, what do you say to me? What do you say to me? You know, like this is like I'm 16 and someone starting me in my playground. You know, I just go back to that and I, I can't do that. You know, no, no. <laughs> but I think that's I think that's in us all, isn't it? It's just a sort of defence mechanism, you know. And then you think, oh, right, okay. That, I should have moved on from there, really. Yeah, it's not <laughs> easy, though. You sort of always go back to your, your sort of your, what you know, really, don't you, in that sense. But Yeah, yeah. I just, um, I just want to move on you. So I've got, I've got sort of four questions left, three you know about. Um, so, I've, I've, you know, I've been uh, reflecting about my practice, so it's sort of maybe a bit of time to get a, a bit more reflection from you. So just sort of being a bit more of a quickfire sort of style. If I was to say to you, what is your biggest strength as a leader, but in your case, a director, what, what would you say is your biggest strength? Oh, that's it, sounds like for, it sounds like you're going for a job interview. I do apologise. I don't mean like that. Uh... Yeah, well, I think preparation, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty fastidious when it comes to, you know, just making sure I've done. 
Mm. Even as an actor, but I, I learned that as an actor, you know, you try and find out as much as you can about a part, about a play, about about who you're working with as well, about maybe how they work and um, just try and do as much groundwork if you can, which is often hard, you know, mm. because you sometimes, you, you, you know, you haven't got the time and other things are going on in your life. Um, yeah. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I, I like to keep things, I know it probably doesn't sound like that after, after having the chat, I really like to keep things nice and fun and light. Yeah, in the no, I, would, room. I would definitely pick that up from you, definitely. You know, yeah, just, 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 yeah, just, just to do the, do the work, but mm. I, I try to have a laugh, I try to kind of, because things can get really heavy really quickly, yeah. and yeah. people can get really tense quickly, and you know, I'll bring biscuits in. I'll, I'll, I'll bring, you know, and love you for that as well. Just little tricks like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think people um, power the, realize the power of biscuits and stuff like that. You know? oh. But it's the sentiment, isn't it, that comes with it? It's, uh... Bring it. Yeah. Make sure you've got plenty of milk, plenty of biscuits, tea bags, <laughs> you know, and people will be like, oh, this is great. And give them the weekend off. I think, I, I, I think I would, uh, more specifically, I, I'd like to think I'm a good, I've got pretty decent interpersonal skills as mm. well, just sort of like, because I think that's it's just seeing how badly that's gone on beforehand in a rehearsal room. And I've yeah. like made a vow if I was going to do that, that checking in with people, making sure they're mm. all right, making sure like, and, 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 and when it comes to work, to keep it, I know I keep saying this again, but keep it specific, keep it interesting. Mm. Yeah. Don't be precious. And I, I, I think I, I'm not, I'll give it over to the actors. Let them, yeah. let them have a go at because they will solve problems. And I think I, I, I found that right balance. I've, I've, I've only done, you know, I've not done a huge amount of directing, but what I've done is I've learned each time that, yeah, you know, you've got to think about the audience as well, mm. and what, you know, you can't obviously you can't sort of second guess them, but at the same time you go, will they enjoy it? Are they going to have a good yeah. time? But then, in time, trust your own instinct as well. Mm. Trust that the the skills that I've garnered are going to be kind of right, you know. And I think yeah. be brave. Um, so sorry, that's a lot of things there. But no, it's right. No, no, no. I think it's really. I think I would. I would agree with that on a personal level. I think I'd agree with a lot of what you said. You know about you as a person. I think that's um, a, a sort of quality that some people have to work hard at, and people like yourself sort of sort of don't. But not to take take that away from you. But I think it. People don't, I think people under underestimate the value of, of making stuff fun and things, you know, the specific side of it, I think it's fantastic, you know, because quite often even coaches that I've played for, sometimes you're sort of doing a session and you can see that it, everyone's sort of doing stuff, but you're not really too sure why you're doing it or, you know, yeah. the context around it. I mean, I suppose context is a bit easier in what you're in your life. Well, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I'm speaking on behalf of you there. Um, yeah, while no. you're working on a particular scene or something like that, you know but why you're sort of doing it maybe in that order or whatever. Yeah, I think you're right. Because what I always hear in football terms is like people, um, footballers who know their jobs on the field. And I, I kind of like that, you know, like mm. when I know what I'm supposed to do. You know, yeah. okay, there's stuff that will happen, but it's it's trying to get actors to do the same as well. Like know what you're supposed to do. There's nothing worse than seeing an actor flailing around and they don't know what they're doing. And that's the director's fault, mm. you know? 
maybe they've not got confidence to just kind of go, do you know what, I'm just going to do this, you know? Yeah. Like, I've been in rooms before when I've literally not had any direction, none, and I've just got to sort of somehow manoeuvre my own way through uh, a show, a rehearsal, then a show, and I go, they've not spoken to me once. And and the reason I don't even ask them for any direction, because I know they're just there's no point because i don't respect them you know so i just go so it's it's basically self-preservation but a lot of actors maybe won't do that and they'll just be flailing about and they don't know what they're doing and and then they'll get picked out in a in a review yeah and and they'll get torn apart and that'll destroy their confidence so Mm. it's got a knock-on effect you know so i think you've really got to be specific with them yeah. about what they're doing you know and and how they're moving around the stage how mm. they're carrying themselves you know and technically th- there's a big job to be done there as well so mm. I, I think i'm f- i'm really aware of that uh, yeah especially with especially with younger actors yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip it on you now you and i know this is a bit of a challenging question but from your own perspective uh what do you what would you say is maybe your weakness and you don't have to be too specific but or what is maybe an area you would like to develop uh, maybe that's a polite way of putting it as I, someone in that sort of yeah position, I think I still struggle to articulate my thoughts well. Right. Uh, um, when it comes to there's there's a sort of there's a sort of philosophy and and the one that I believe in acting that it's like I I don't want to tell you how to like. I'm, I'm say I'm rehearsing you, Charlie, and I'll monologue, and I say, "No, Charlie, don't do it like this. Say it like this," and I say the line for you. That's like anathema to yeah. directors. I just don't believe that's the right way to go about it because you've got to learn to find it yourself. So, but that's the hardest bit to kind of like maneuver your way to getting something, articulating your thoughts in mm. a way that that they find it for themselves, and I find. I sometimes stumble over that, um, and I, I, I guess on that, um, I find it hard to let go when I'm doing a show. Like I find it hard. I'm always thinking about it. I'm always taking it home. Yeah. I don't kind of wake up and I'm like, uh, I cannot relax really around mm. it. And and I, I think I do, I do get quite defensive. As much as I want to kind of improve those skills, like I'll take it. If if something does come back at me, I'll try not to punch it right back. But I'll mm. I I find it hard. To, I'm still working on that kind of side of things about not yeah. getting defensive when you mention something. You know, uh, I find that that's that's a you know that's hard. And I think you can see it in my face as well. I just kind of go red <laughs> and I start to kind of get a dry mouth, and I'm like, oh, and. <laughs> I've got to just, I think maybe a bit of meditation or something might help with that, but I think, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, and be, and I can get quite stubborn as well. Yeah. And I think a lot of the things I've talked about is, is what I aspire to be as well, mm. it, you know, so it's a definitely a work in progress. It is tough though, because I think, you know, I've sort of written something recently about that, if you have, you could be a really poor coach or director, but if you've got a great set of actors or players, can get you out of jail, kind of. But on the flip side of it, which is I think what you're saying, you could, you know, maybe be a really talented coach or director, but it's very tough mm-hmm. if you haven't quite got the people who can maybe do it at the same standard as you or the same standard you expect. And I think, you know, you you would be the only person in that position to to find that difficult. 
you know, to like yeah. say, articulate that and get that across really. But it's yeah, not no. an easy thing to do. No, it's not. And I think it's, yeah. Uh, because, you know, three people might get it. Five yeah. people are going, oh God, what's that? You know, <laughs> you know and I, I yeah. find that quite, I don't know what to do with that still, you know, I'm kind of like yeah. still struggling with that and I'm, and I've still, you know, and I think that comes with experience mm. as well, you know? No, definitely. Just going to move on you. So two, two quick questions and then we'll move on to the big one at the end. So um, what would you say is the thing, I'll get a negative one out of the way. What would you say is the thing you least enjoy about being um, a director? So I know you've done acting, but just solely that sort of directing yeah. part. What's the bit you enjoy the least about? I, at times it feels pretty lonely. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. It feels that because you've got, um, I don't know. It just does. It, it just you're sitting there, sort of. The responsibilities on me to mm. sort of get to all this together, and there's a kind of sort of yeah, because you're not part of the the acting mm. company. You're not part of really. T you're kind of sitting there on your own kind of thing and. I know that probably sounds unbelievably like um, childish, but uh, it does. At times, you just like, oh man, this is like you miss the crack mm. of the. But I kind of set that that's that's rule for myself though. But I think it's yeah. a good bit. sometimes uh, you know that I don't want to sort of mix with the actors too much and stuff because. So yeah, I, uh, I think that, you touched. Sorry, go on, you. Sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. No, I was just going to say, I think that's that's something that, on a personal level, I found the hardest going into a more coaching position was missing out on that that banter and the, the, the sort mm. of being around, being around there. It's, it's, you can, well, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I found you can never get the same thing. I suppose maybe you can go back to that. I, you know, I can't in terms of a player, but you can't, yeah. you can never quite recreate that. And that, that loneliness and that isolation is just, until, I think until you go through that, of having been going the other side of that, and I think you're completely right to and I completely agree with you if you're in that position of leadership you probably shouldn't be necessarily engaging in all of the dressing room mm -hmm. or the you know the whatever you want to call it sort of stuff but it's so tough to go from that to then not being part of it you know, <laughs> I, I, I sort of mourned yeah. that a bit as silly as it sounds I, I missed playing football no. for injury but I missed more the the banter 10 minutes before you go out to warm up you know when so-and-so's oh, got their shorts on back to front you know that kind of stuff like I just think you know I know it's a football analogy but I suppose it's the same sort of thing yeah, it's exactly the, exactly the same thing, you know. When you do, you know, pre-show warm-up before you go on stage, you know, and, and you, you're playing football or you're playing yeah. a bit of volleyball or you're just mucking about singing a song, or you know that. Mm. You know, you're instead I'm out there going, they better not, they better get this right this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? No, completely. You know, and and I think as well, I think I think dealing with personalities is I know that's that's all part of it but I find that it is quite tiring and it's quite frustrating and it's it can be it it can be utterly it, it can just be yeah I think exhausting really you know because mm. a lot of the time people are really you know especially actors that have been doing it for a while I think can really get to a point where you're like, I just wish they would just, and and you, you know, I got a bit braver as I kind of went on with speaking to them. But but if if you speak to them in a certain way, or yeah. then again, that's like 
dealing with personalities, you know, dealing mm. with dealing with one to one, especially dealing with an older. If if I'm a young director dealing with an older actor, there's that kind of yeah disparity in sort of going. Well, what's who's this young upstart kind of talking yeah. to me? You know, and, and I've I've been doing this for thirty years, and you go, yeah, I know, but I just want you're an act. I just I'm the director though. You just yeah. You know, and that's when I kind of just want to go, just do it. Do yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is tough, isn't it? Well, um, we'll, we'll move on to the product question then. So what, what do you enjoy the most? So, you know, I imagine there's tons in terms of, you know, just from a, a, relating to that leadership position. There's loads of things mm-hmm. that are enjoyable, but if you could only ping down one sort of thing that you'd say is the most enjoyable for you about... I, I think when it all comes together yeah. and, and uh, sort of when it all comes together and, and whether it be in the rehearsal or... A hope and when it comes together as a show because there's a huge you know the the technical side of it going in and getting all the lights and the sound and everything together that's just a, quite a difficult process uh mm. it's seeing it all come together from looking back three weeks or four weeks or whatever and and thinking god we were sitting around a table reading this and now look at it it's just like yeah got lights and it's got you know good actors and you know it's got good story mm. and you just think wow i've done loads and for i think that journey is exciting but actually seeing it come together is probably i think even more satisfying than being on stage for me personally right uh, and seeing the act and seeing the audience clap you know because you can sit in with the audience and see mm. them either laughing or, or chatting yeah. at the interval when they're getting their ice cream. And I was like, just earwigging their conversations and, yeah. um, and seeing the actors kind of just fly with it and just being confident with it. And just seeing something work that was in your head. Yeah. And now it's come, now it's come alive on stage. It gives you massive confidence. I think. I think, yeah, your, particularly with your line of work, the, the progression, I suppose, you see is rapid, isn't it? From, like, say, four weeks to suddenly, maybe in sports, a bit tougher because you've got other people trying to upset that. I suppose it's, um, you know, like your yeah. corner, corner routines or whatever. But, no, I think the progression you, you see is, is fascinating. And like you say, actually, that quite a lot of people I've spoken to sort of throughout the series have said that similar sort of thing that when all those pieces of the jigsaw sort of fall in. And like you say, I suppose it's all the reward of that hard work, isn't it? All of those weeks of you know, slogging through bits and bobs and going through those problems yeah. that we spoke about earlier on the episode and you know, all yeah. that, I think it all comes together. But, uh, you're going to yeah, move up to the... Oh, sorry, go on, mate. Oh, no, no, no. no I'm just going to totally agree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the score and the goal moment, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, because I always kind of thought, like, with, do you know, with, uh, you know, uh, being an actor, being a footballer, you know, like, you know, acting... Some people don't like certain actors, some people do, you know, but you can't, like with football, it's kind of like, you know, you can't say Messi is a bad player because, you know, it's kind of really subjective with yeah. acting. But with like football, I always thought like, it's like, mm. look at that, the, the talent's there and you can see it because he's got a ball at his feet, you know, a hurricane or whatever. But it's like seeing something come together is the proof that, yeah. you know, that it's worked and it's good, you know. And I mm. guess I've just got to rely on my own kind of, uh, I guess, what my own taste and what I think is good and not. And you think, hopefully, I've built that up over years that it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. No, it's interesting because the, the episode will go out after yours, but I've spoken to uh, an American football coach and obviously the stop-start nature of their sport, he said sort of similar because it's a lot easier for them to see their plans come together. You're only, you're only focusing on that one 
plan, whatever it is for that particular play for the next 10 seconds, you know, and the feedback from that is instant, isn't it? It's like you say, it's either worked or not worked. And I suppose yeah, I, it, it's yeah, like you're saying there. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just going to, so I, I hope I haven't built this up too much off air, you I'm going to move on to the last <laughs> question. Um, so I have, this is one of the few that you haven't seen, but um, you could be as honest about this as you, as you want to be. You don't, you know, uh, you don't have to be, but if you, if you can, it'd be great. But it's, um, if I was to speak to someone who's worked with you, what would they say that you are like to work with in terms of you being, I know as an actor, you know, what, that's one way of perceiving you, but as a leader, if I was to ask one, someone who's worked under you, what do you think they would say? Oh, <laughs> I, maybe, the, oh, I would think they would think I was maybe a wee bit obsessive. <laughs> You're the first person um, who's been completely honest. I've got to be honest. I've recorded loads of these, and you're the first person who's been completely honest about that. I really appreciate that. Sorry, carry on anyway. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, a little bit obsessive, a little bit, um, yeah, can't kind of, yeah, won't let it go. Like mm. a little bit, just, uh, yeah, a, a little. Tenacious? Maybe. Yeah, tenacious is quite a good, tenacious is quite a good thing, yeah, because. Uh, I think, I think can uh, getting ha having a laugh, hopefully, mm. you know. But actually, when when we have to work, we do. We kind of work and work hard. And uh, but I think maybe a little bit obsessive and a little bit to me like it's kind of like a dog with a bone a little bit, mm. and, and and won't let something go really, mm. you know. And hopefully, okay. yeah, that. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, I think probably. I think that's an excellent quality, though. I think that's what, from my experience, a lot of players or, or you know, performers in any sport or, or industry want, really. They want someone who cares, who... Because I think that's what you're, where that tenaciousness, so sorry, tenacity comes from, isn't it? Is the place of caring and wanting it to be the best and wanting them to have... And have them perform the best that they can, isn't it? I think it's not, it's not out of a... Yeah. From you, it's not from ego or gloating or anything like that. I think it's just you want the very best for those people. And that's where that tenacity comes from, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's because, yeah, of course, I want to prove myself. I want, but I want mm. to prove, I want to prove, I don't necessarily want to prove it to anyone. I think, apart from me, really, like, I mm. want to kind of think, like, if I, you know, if I got what it takes to do this, mm. and I have to bring the same amount of kind of work ethic that I did as an actor, but... Mm. It's, but I need to change that round a little bit. You know, I need to uh, adapt. Mm. I need to be adaptable. I need to, you know, I, I need to be to, able to connect with people. I need to be able to communicate. I need to, you know, try and, um, mm. but try and have fun at the same time and, 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 and try and make it, um, yeah, just try and make it enjoyable. You know, mm. I always got into this, like, thinking, because I think that trying I think that translates to the audience if they can see that they go, oh, they're having yeah. a good time. You, you always hear that, you know. Mm. No, so, I think I, I think you I yeah. agree. Actually. Sorry, go on, Karen. Sorry. No, no, that 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 was that was it really. I, I yeah. Think it's uh, I think it's it, it it's a real privilege to be able to do something like this. I always think, and and I just want to kind of wring out every single element of it, and I I, I do that as an actor as well. I kind of want to. I don't want to look back and go. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah, I should have really done that. I want mm. to kind of go right. I, I, I kind of, I touched on every single 
corner of what I could do in my own capabilities there and I don't regret it. I don't want to look no. back and regret something. So I just probably obsessively just <laughs> and that probably translates to maybe some of the actors and stuff as well. It's a bit full on but but I do like to have a laugh as well. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's an incredible quality to have and an amazing balance and you know, knowing you personally, I think that's, you know, um, an amazing sort of what makes you a, a brilliant person to know, you know. So I think it's something you should definitely embrace. And I think people listening to this, you know, could do worse than to sort of have that as part of their skill set, really. That So it just leaves me to say thank you so much, Ewan, for doing this. I, can't, I, I appreciate it. it's an incredibly sunny day. I know we're still in lockdown, but you could have been out sort of uh, doing, you know, what bits and bobs. So um, I really appreciate no, you taking great. the time to, to do that. Um, no, I've really enjoyed it because I've actually not thought about these things at all mm. until you asked me, Charlie. Um, so it's kind of food for thought a little bit, you know, yeah. and I kind of go away with some of these things and go, right, okay, interesting. I need to take that into... Because it's not and sometimes until you kind of... Yeah, just actually kind of ask yourself mm. those questions, you know? Yeah, um, I think it's very thought-provoking, isn't it? To sort of... Yeah. Why, why you do what you do almost. Yeah, because oftentimes... I don't really think you'll have a plan and stuff, but I don't really think about it. But I think it's good to actually sit back mm. and, and especially just actually reflecting. And yeah. Going, hmm, what's that? What's that a good outcome? You know? Yeah. I'm not sure. No. I, I think I think I'm really sort of maybe just go back in that. Like I can, you know, that um, getting defensive. I can I can have a thought about how I'm going to deal with something, and then five minutes later, that thought will have. I would probably say it would have calmed down and mm. I can actually have a rational thought about it. So I think I've got a propensity to just kind of go, right, that's it, boom. And then, but actually the, the calmer thought five minutes later is actually the better thought. So that's something that I need to work on anyway. Yeah, no, no, no. I think in, I think you're probably being a bit harsh on yourself there, but I, I completely understand where you sort of, you're coming from with that. But yeah. um, normally at this point, I'd say where people could, sort of uh keep in contact with you and watch you doing what you do but obviously due to the uh unfortunate pandemic that's going on that's a bit um <laughs> bit difficult so what i'll do is as as and when we get released from all of this uh i'll retrospectively you know maybe tweet out um where, where you are and where people can stay and sort of watch you or watch your work and stuff like that yeah um, in, in that sense but yeah i'll put obviously your sort of uh details on the show notes but yeah if people want to follow you they, they can do in that sense so but yeah you and your you're a top man i really appreciate you giving up the time to uh speak to us today Great. Thanks, Charlie. Really appreciate it.